This is the Ag Engineering Podcast that rolls right into the details on tools, tips, and techniques that improve you, your farm, and our world. I'm your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is sponsored by Northeast SARE. Thanks for listening. Well, today's episode comes to you from Granville, Vermont, where we're chatting with Gabby and Henry of Old Road Farm. They have been farming since 2015, and they're now growing about three acres in the climate zone 4B. They're selling about $100,000 to farmers markets, uh, co-op, CSA, and their local farm stand. Gabby and Henry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Hi, Andy. So if you could describe your farm in one sentence, what would you say? We are a diversified organic vegetable farm with a focus on salad greens. Nailed it. Third time's a charm. (laughs) charm. (laughs) All right. So today we wanted to talk about greenhouses. It's a popular topic amongst uh, small diversified veg farms, and you've got a variety of them. So um, what kind of greenhouses do you have and how many? What type? All that. Sure. Um, So we have, well, we've we've got two going up now, but... um, we have one 17 by 96 that was a used tunnel that we've kind of cobbled together with a bunch of parts, and that's what we use for our, our early tomatoes, uh, tomato tunnel. And we have um, two fully operational plus the two under construction that are uh, 30 by 96. Uh, they're rimall houses, but they have um, kind of custom roll-up end walls uh, that's based on a design that I first saw um, on Sassafras Creek Farm down in Maryland uh, on their Instagram, but it's um, uh, it's from Byler Greenhouse Supply out of Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not sure exactly where this design came from, but I, I've kind of adapted it and tweaked it, and um, yeah, it, it, it's great. It, it's a full-width full roll-up end wall um, that... Let's us get in there with the tractor easily. Uh, so, did you buy the parts for that end wall from Byler, or did you just see the idea and kind of recreate it? Yeah, we we have bought the uh, the materials from Byler. Um, there's been a few tweaks we've made uh, to the design. Um, so, their because their end walls are designed for their tunnels, which are slightly different from the Rimall tunnels. Um, and we've just basically the the things we've done is just added some extra bracing. Uh, to accommodate the fact that we're in Granville and not Pennsylvania. Um, I felt like I just wanted to, to overbuild things. Um, a little more wind, a little more snow. Yeah. 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 We, we don't get a huge amount of wind in this valley, which is, is great for this design. I would worry about it if we were right on the shore of the lake or something. We're kind of hemmed in by mountains. And the, the only the only wind we get is, is right in the spring. Uh, it's a bit of a wind tunnel for maybe a month or two, but you don't really get the full brunt of, uh, of the wind off the lake like, like you would down in the Champlain Valley. Now you had a couple tunnels here to start. Um, what did you do to get those up and running right off the bat or what was their condition to start? Sure. Yeah. I guess I, I forgot to mention all our prop house as well, which it was the tunnel that was already here. Um, it was a, it was a sheep barn essentially before, we moved here that hadn't been used in, I don't know, 15 years. Um, it was all grown up. It was full of sumac and brush and all kinds of stuff. So we, we had some work ahead of us. 
But it had good bones. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ribs, right? Good, good ribs. Good ribs. <laughs> yeah. That that one is a ledge ledgewood frame. Um and yeah, we basically tore all the brush out of it. It had wooden um it was like a bedded pack kind of barn, so it had it had like wood along the sides um for the pack to build up against and we tore those out. They were all rotted out. Um we had had Mike Finer come in and help us finish it off with all the details, uh, yeah. And what's the size? That's a thirty by, I believe it's forty eight. Yeah, it's forty eight. And that one's a prop house, all season. Yep, yep. That's that's the only function of that one is, is prop house. So we've got you know landscape fabric on the floor and bench benches in it. And you said the others were Rimmel. What made you choose that as opposed to just buying a, a baler? Um, so the, there's a couple things, uh, and this is from talking to a number of people about this. Um, you know, I, I've never heard anyone say anything like too bad about the Byler houses, but they are held together with tech screws essentially instead of, uh, through bolts, um, which I worry about a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure they're fine. I, I just wanted to err on the side of, of caution. I, I like Rimal's design. It, you know, it, it's got through bolts um, to connect all the bow pieces, but the, you know, the purlins are held in place without actually drilling through the bows, which is kind of nice. I just felt like they were a good design. You know, they're not, not cheap, but they're, they're decent. And I, I, I like them. So what made you decide to go with that style end wall? Was it just seeing that post on Instagram and saying, wow, that looks sweet. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean that that I uh, I don't know. I'm just lazy. I kind of hate broad forking. I really <laughs> did not want to be broad forking for thirty by ninety six greenhouses every time we wanted to flip beds. So I knew I wanted to be able to get a tractor in there. Yeah, this seemed like the best way to do it. There's a there's a handful of of designs that people have come up with, but I like that this is full width and um, with some of the extra bracing we've added. I feel like it's it's plenty secure. And Henry's very stubborn. When he gets an idea, um, he really wants it to work. Um, I, when we were first looking at roll-up end walls, um, a lot of people told us not to do it. Um, and But Henry was like, I think we can do it. <laughs> I think we can find a design that works. Um, and I think, I think the main issues that a lot of farmers had with roll-up end walls was just that it was hard to insulate and or hard hard to seal hard to seal yes yeah. and yeah i mean I, I think people were concerned that it wouldn't seal and i think we've come up with a good solution to that so it's a little hard to describe but there's uh square steel tube uprights that kind of guide the roll bar on the outside corners and uh the end wall curtain actually can wrap around those and, and get wiggle wired in place to fully seal it up for the winter. Um, so that that's kind of a little design feature that, that we tweaked um, because we do want to get good, good seal and uh, not have those blow around too much if we do get a windy day. Um, and, and working on getting a, like a person door. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, win- winter access can be a little bit of an issue when there's there's snow on the ground. It takes a little bit more management than your typical greenhouse because you kind of got a, another edge to keep clean instead of just a, a person door. 
the fact that we can flip a bed in five minutes instead of, you know, a couple hours is, is pretty, pretty convenient. Have you thought about how to add a person door to that? Yeah, we, we were looking into doing one on the side. Um, that was kind of part of our initial design vision, and then it, it just got a little complicated. And at this point, I think, yeah, it, there's just a little bit more management that needs to happen to keep the roll-up open in the winter. We're going to get some landscape fabric down, so it basically doesn't... The, the issue we were having last winter is that the, the bottom of the curtain would get frozen into the muck and mud, and then you'd have to chip it out or melt it out somehow. Um, so I think if we can keep that kind of dry and flat uh, right where the curtain comes into the ground, and then as long as we just keep that clear, it, we should be able to open it up pretty easy. So those are a couple good things to think about for wintertime use. Are there other drawbacks? I mean, why why wouldn't somebody want to go with this end wall just in general, even if they're not a tractor-based farm? It seems like a really promotes a lot of airflow and easy access. Yeah, I mean, I think the airflow has been a, a really big secondary benefit to us. Um, in, you know, in the summer when you have those things all the way open and the end wall and the sides all the way open, it's really, it's a totally different environment than it is in a, in a kind of conventional eye tunnel. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a better environment. It, it like traps a lot less, you know, humidity and, and excess heat. Whereas in, you know, a, a standard high tunnel, you're kind of constantly managing that. It's just, it's, I don't know, it, it, it provides for us the right amount of shelter. And that has to do with like our crop mix as well. We're growing a lot of like lettuce and stuff that doesn't necessarily want a super hot, humid environment. Um, as far as other, other things that might be a downside, I mean, I do, I mean, it's been, been two years they've been up. They haven't come down yet. Uh, but I do worry a little bit about stability. I think, I think the design we've gone with is, is, is plenty stable. And if you really think about it, you know, that the uprights in an end wall are not adding a huge amount of like lateral stability to a structure that's, that's like if a, if a tunnel collapses, it's going to collapse in the middle, not like on the end bow. It's not going to, yeah, just collapse and fall over right say, and those accordion style yeah yeah and those vertical you know two by fours or whatever you would have in a conventional end wall aren't really going to prevent it from pulling into the middle that's more something with uh you know cross bracing and wind bracing we've really kind of added some extra extra of that to accommodate the fact that we have these fully open end walls um yeah i think you know it's it's it works because of our microclimate again as well, because we don't get that whipping wind um, that you would in a more open, uh, open environment. Well, what about heating? Yeah, I mean that's that's also a really good point. It's it, if we were trying to heat these for like deep winter production, it would be a challenge for sure. So we kind of envision these as like shoulder season tunnels, um, and if we were going to put in a a tunnel for really late December, January, February kind of growing, uh, I might go with something a little more conventional. So you, you talked about expanding production into winter greens. Would you, uh, build a different style greenhouse knowing, you know, kind of for that use? Yeah, I think I would for sure. Yeah. Oh, what's the shoulder height, um, for your roll up sides? 
I believe it's, it's, I think it's like five feet. It's, yeah. Yeah, the, we, we, I mean, we have the extended ground post, so it's, um, yeah, it's a six-foot ground post, three feet out of the ground. Um, so it could be like a five- or six-foot hip board, but I think ours is about five feet. So you're putting up your fourth of the same tunnel, right? Yes. Uh, what's the cost of that one you've kind of settled on? <laughs> uh, well, it's a lot more this year than it was last year. <laughs> um, uh, what is the cost? So... Last year, I think from Grimal, we paid like eighteen or nineteen thousand for both tunnels, plus like five thousand from Byler in additional parts, plus Mike's labor labor to get them up, um, you know. And this year, it's it's a lot more. You know, uh, price of steel is is kind of crazy, uh, but we decided to go ahead with it and, and try to get these ones up. Oh, and then there's uh, the the baseboards, which about I think six hundred bucks last year. That's going to be probably like eight hundred this year. While we were walking around your farm before we were recording, you were saying you're going to take a little pause on greenhouse building after after this. Uh, once prices come back down, do you envision yourself putting more up as you do more salad greens? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think you know with these four, it's kind of the shoulder season. Um, this style tunnel, uh, the next step would be to, to put some in that would be really for, uh, you know, serious winter growing. That would be a, a bit different style tunnel. Do you have any control systems for monitoring the, the temperature and, and humid, humidity for those tunnels or, or you just got them on a couple basic thermostats? We do. We, this past spring, we invested in, um, we worked with Robert Arnold from Smart, was it Smart Farm Innovation? Yep. Um, I'm on it. Is that what it's I'm called? I'm on it. Yep. yep. So it records um, temperature and also we got the one that um, records humidity as well since um, we do want to focus on salad greens and moisture is a big issue. Yep. Um, and that has been great. You know, it um, connects to our iPhone. So, you know, we can just pull up our phones and check check the temperature of each tunnel and the humidity. And we can also set alarms for, you know, low or high temperatures too. Yep. Yeah, so as far as controls go, basically those... There's 30 by 96 that we were talking about. They really don't have any uh, controls other than like us manually rolling up sides. <laughs> and, you know, then we use uh, row cover and stuff in the, in the fall and winter or fall and, and spring. Um, our propagation house, you know, has a heater and um, uh, HAF fans and a, an exhaust fan um, in addition to just, you know, the roll up sides. And, and that stuff's on, on thermostats and, and automatically controlled. And then our little tomato house is just a, you know, kind of the same deal where it's got exhaust fans and, and a, um, a heater in it on a thermostat. But a lot of what we're doing with these, you know, the 30 by 96 is pretty low-tech stuff um, in terms of our, our, our temperature and humidity control. Has the iMonits saved the day for you at any point this year yet? Or so far has it just been handy? No, it's definitely saved the day for us. Um, I think especially in the prop house. Yeah. Um, you know, just on those really 
hot sunny days, you know, and you get the alert, you know, you're, you're out in the field, you know, trying to get harvest done or something. And then you get the alert that it's above 90 degrees and you're like, Oh, I should go water in there. Mm -hmm. I should go, you know, roll up the, the sides and, um, it, yeah, it's a good, good reminder that. Yeah. I, we've really liked the I'm on it system. I think, um, especially first thing in the spring when we've got a lot going on and there is like a lot of management to control the, the environment in your tunnels. Um, being able to look at it with just a glance at your phone is great. Um, one thing I think it, it made us, it made us conscious of our, our, the way we use row cover, uh, in terms of humidity. Um, I think that what we were finding is that the row cover really traps a lot of humidity during the day, even if it's maybe not, you know, if you're just looking at the temp- temperature, it's, it seems fine in there. Um, but when you're looking at the humidity as well, it's not like an ideal environment for growing lettuce on a kind of sunny day, uh, with row cover on in a tunnel. So we were definitely, I think, pulling row cover on and off more than we would otherwise. And I felt like it paid off. Always good to hear about experiences and and how you're monitoring that. Like you said, in the spring when you have a lot going on and that's also when the crops need very close attention. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It. uh... It's also, you know, I mean, it's hard when, you know, we're out and we get an alert and we're like away from the farm, but then, you know, we can call a neighbor or yep. someone and be like, Hey, yeah, there's definitely a couple nights where I went out at whatever, 10 or 11 o'clock and added more layers of remade to things <laughs> <laughs> too cold, too cold. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, if you're away from the farm and get an alarm, that can be more stress inducing than just uh, yep. being innocent and not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your method of irrigation inside of your greenhouses? We do have overhead irrigation in those uh, 30 by 96 as well, um, as well as as drip. So we kind of have the option for both depending on what is going on in there. Is your overhead like hanging from above? Yep, yep. It's uh, hanging from the, the rafters. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Yeah, so they're, um, they're the spin net. Sprinklers, I think it's Netafim is who makes them, but um, yeah, they've they've been good. You know, we do we do a lot of direct seeded stuff, so so being able to have overhead in the tunnels is great, and they're up and out of the way in the rafters, so um, they don't get in the way when you run a tractor through there. So so they're not on drops; they're they're right up high. Yeah, I mean they're on like uh, I think they're probably two foot drops, but you know they're high enough that you're not hitting them with the tractor. So. That's nice. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about uh, your greenhouses that that we didn't bring up? Oh, we use a drill to raise and lower all the uh, curtains. So we just have the uh, adapter uh, hook. Hook, (laughs) yeah, whatever you want to call it for for our our cordless drill that we use. And that uh, is pretty quick when you're raising and lowering them. Although it is, uh, you got to have the the wrist strength to be able to hold it steady. Yeah. What made you think to use a drill to open and close your, your end walls? Um, well, again, I'm kind of lazy and I didn't like sitting there for a couple of minutes turning the crank by hand. So figured there it'd be a better solution and the, the drill seems to work pretty good. Nice. Uh, do you use the, the drill to roll up your 
sidewalls too, or just the end? Yeah, we definitely use the drill on the side sidewalls. It works great. That works. It's it's a it's easier on the sidewalls than it is on the the end walls. I think the sidewalls are a little lighter than the end walls. Um, yeah, our end walls are that the the woven poly instead of just a, um, the single layer. Did I see a chain attached to the bottom too to weight it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a, a chain. I mean, I yeah, you can see some stuff on on the video. And if anyone has any questions about kind of some of the design features that we've uh, come across or tweaked on these, then feel free to reach out because there's there's just a few details that it's hard to explain them all. But yeah, we shot a video kind of showing off these greenhouses and some of the special features. So if you want to see uh, what is in this greenhouse, make sure you click the link in the description and visit the website agengepodcast.com as these show notes will, will have a link to the video. So you can check it out on our YouTube channel. If others want to find your farm, check, check you out, see what you're up to. How can they do that? They could find us on Instagram at Old Road Farm and also our website, oldroadfarmvt.com, and that has all our contact information. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If I can ask you or direct you to do one thing, that is to go to the website for this podcast, agengepodcast.com. That's A G. E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. There you'll find the show notes. You'll find links to the farmer who we chatted with today, as well as photos or videos uh, from the call when I visited the farm. If you've got some feedback to share, my contact information's on there, or you can leave me a voicemail. And you can do that right from the link in the description in the mobile app you're listening to this to. So go ahead and do that. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.